You've heard the headlines. Get some perspective now with Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. It's a never-ending soap opera. We're going to jump right into our show on Thursday with the Uber, Lyft versus the City of Phoenix and Sky Harbor story. The lead. So it came out that the city council made the decision to actually hold off on raising the fees when it comes to rideshare companies such as Uber and Lyft. This basically came out after the Arizona Supreme Court had the case and the city decided, you know what, we're going to go ahead and just stay our hand. We're not going to impose the fees yet. Uh, The city makes it sound like it was their decision. Some other local officials out there think that uh, they were forced to do it. And, and to be clear, this is a uh, a constitutional argument. It is, yep. Arizona state constitution argument. So if you think this is merely about the people that use Uber or Lyft, I would only tell you, uh, to me, it's a bigger issue. It is. Because two years ago, the voters in the state of Arizona passed a proposition. By the way, overwhelming. It was in the 60-some-odd percentage. We can't get 60-some-odd percent of people in Arizona agree it's Thursday. So we passed this initiative that inserted language into the Arizona State Constitution that prevents, prohibits city, state, municipalities from increasing existing fees or introducing new fees or taxes. Yep, on services. On goods and services. Mm -hmm. So when the Phoenix City Council voted, not once but twice because they had a mulligan vote. Yeah, that's right. To increase the fee on the service of Uber and Lyft to and from the airport, to me, it was, well, isn't that exactly what the constitutional amendment isn't that exactly what we did with you i remember coming on air just ranting and raving about what they did that is it is the exact reason why the vast majority of people did so this has gone back and forth ag Mm -hmm. burnovich has weighed in on it um uh took the side of uh the constitution the arizona state constitution uh arguing and 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 filing that this vote by the city council was in violation. And so where we stand today is yesterday, Uber sent a letter saying we're we're done on January 31st at 11.59. Yep. We're out. Because the fees were supposed to take effect February February 1. Yeah. Yeah. So soon afterwards, the Phoenix City Council backed down. Is that how you would put it, Monica? Well, Sal DeCicio, he is one of the Phoenix City Council members. He was one of the two that voted against the rideshare fees. This is what he had to say. They ended up caving. As far as I'm concerned, they've realized that what they were doing was wrong. This was illegal and it was against the state law. Now, he says that the Phoenix City Council, which he's a member of, caved. I, I'm not sh- so sure I would see it that way. Okay. I, I think the Phoenix City Council realized that with the case being up at the Arizona Supreme Court, it made more sense to just put everything on hold and not implement the fees. And then if the Arizona Supreme Court rules against them, 
them, then they would have to backpedal and stop those fees, mm. which might not be that difficult. But the, still, it's a lot of administrative costs and things that would have to happen to implement the fee. And then all that would be lost if they lost. So Understood. you might as well just wait to see what the Arizona Supreme Court is going to do. It's, it's You're also logical. avoiding possibly damages that you could be oh, yeah. liable it's just for. It's logical. Way. It makes sense. And when it comes to resources, it's the way to go. Um, so again, oral arguments will be in March. Mm-hmm. Is that what we're hearing? March 26th, I believe I saw. Uh, and find out. Now, I do have a... I need, We need to get H.G. Brnovich on, I guess, maybe to explain this. So here's a question. Knowing that we passed this proposition, mm-hmm. and again, I'm just trying to take this out of the picking on uber and lyft it was not only an unconstitutional tax sorry about that you said bernovich and i just got too excited can how then does sky harbor adjust raise any fee for a service that they provide you know that's a really good question because Are they set in stone forever? Maybe, because the Phoenix City Council claimed that these were fees, right? Rideshare fees. And, of course, that is the exact wording in the proposition in the Arizona Constitution. No fees. Well, Phoenix came out and tried to say, look, this really... It's a fee, but they they crouched it in rent, right? They're saying that Uber and Lyft and other rideshare companies, they are renting the roads. They are renting the curb to make money for themselves, just like a store has to rent in order to sell its wares inside, right? So they're making money from it. So I don't know if it's the way that they... They defined it themselves as a fee. I, it makes sense that if you're going to use the airport to make money, the airport should get a share of that. So I understand if you're a store inside the airport, you're making money from selling your things. You have to pay rent. You have to pay the airport some money. Right. But the, but the, the airport, my argument to that is that mm-hmm. the air, inside the airport, you know, think of that, that the store where you go in to buy overpriced Snacks for the for the plane. Oh, seriously, they are and overpriced. Get a get a cactus mm-hmm. uh, to give to your friends uh-huh. because you were in Arizona. Or a scorpion in the lollipop. Oh my god, those are horrific. <laughs> um, that is their property, for lack of right, better terms. Right, it is. So is the curb. It, 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 you say that. That's what Phoenix says. Right, the but, curb but is by that argument, property. When I drop Monica Lindstrom off mm-hmm. at the airport, the Bruber. Mm-hmm. Are not using the curb? But you're not using it for commercial purposes. You're not using it to make money. So when my mom drops me off at the airport, she's not using it to make money. Now, I argued, well, as a lawyer, let's say that I'm picking up my client that's paying me yeah. to work on the where, job. Where, I mean, you see how that starts yes. to get? If you're traveling for business, you're using the curb to make money. Well, here's the problem, though. We don't want to go too far down that road because right. the airport might implement a toll like a lot of other airports in the country have, where you everybody say that, that comes you in. You say that, but would the Arizona Constitution prevent them from putting a toll road through the airport? I don't think so. Okay. Because it's not a a service, right? It's everybody's treated the same hmm. and it's not based on goods or services. Hmm. So I, that if the Arizona Supreme Court comes out and says, no, you can't do this. It violates the Constitution. I would not be surprised if Phoenix City Council starts looking at a toll. 
Look at you. Uh, also, we had uh, some of the airlines weigh in. Uh, Southwest and American are the two big ones, the Terminal 4 tenants, mm-hmm. and they have mm-hmm. the most flights in and out uh, uh, of, of Sky Harbor, saying that um, if this is upheld mm-hmm. and these fees don't go through, they think the airport's just going to charge them more. They're called gate fees. Mm-hmm. Which uh, they already charge. They do charge. Mm-hmm. The, you, 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 and that you, the flyer, are going to end up paying more because they will tack on the extra money to the cost of a airline ticket. Which... Yeah, I I think they're just trying to make themselves look better. <laughs> I mean, come on. Just, You're going to raise the prices on the airline tickets so anyway. So then Don't when our airline tickets get yeah. higher, they're going to say, it's oh, the Phoenix see? City Council's see? problem. They did it. All yeah, right. Whatever. Monica Lindstrom in for Pamela today. And it's a good thing we have the KTAR legal analyst in here because the Harvey Weinstein, or some people are calling it the Me Too trial, kicks off. But... I have some questions, and there's some things that make me uncomfortable about this, and it's not on the Harvey Weinstein side. It's on the accuser side. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. You know, some people say that uh, Harvey Weinstein, the the movie mogul, is really the... uh, Dirtbag? Fair enough. But also kind of the, the, the genesis of this whole Me Too movement, that uh, uh, the accusations made against him and, and women coming forward uh, really led to more people coming forward and, and more people pointing out. He's like out, the Bill Cosby of the Me Too movement. Ouch. You know, I mean, There's Bill, something you never want to be referred to as I, right? the Bill Cosby of anything, right? <laughs> I would say That's technically, I think Bill Cosby you can make was the start of the Me Too movement. You can certainly make and that And Weinstein argument. just made it blow up. So the trial begins now, and I, I, I don't feel like I need to qualify this. Harvey Weinstein strikes me as a scumbaggy kind of guy. Yeah, scumbag of the earth. Okay. Uh, the l- literal walking embodiment of, like, the casting couch guy. You want to get ahead mm-hmm. in this business, you know, type thing? You don't wanna... be a Harvey Weinstein. But, but, but that's what yeah. he strikes me as. Yeah. Okay. And... I tend to believe what a lot of the women have said about him. They're all singing from the same hymn book. They're telling very similar stories. But the Weinstein defense brought up something kind of interesting. Monica Lindstrom, you being a uh, a lawyer, being the KTR legal analyst, and by the way, a woman, thank Mm -hmm. you, uh, maybe can help me understand this a little and tell me, is this a, is this an issue? That is because... Apparently, Weinstein's attorneys have text messages and uh, uh, apparently voicemails from some of the accusers, and they don't sound like victims in it. The once powerful producer behind Pulp Fiction, Goodwill Hunting, and Shakespeare in Love is now fighting for his life in a drab New York City courtroom where he is on trial for allegedly raping a woman in 2013 and forcing himself on another woman in 2006. The defense has said his accusers sent Weinstein dozens and dozens of loving emails they'll reference during opening arguments. Prosecutors will show photos of the six women who will testify that Weinstein sexually assaulted them. So so if yeah. a, if if for example ouch I, I I leave the names out one of the women who says she was allegedly raped in March of 2013 by Weinstein 
they have emails from her six months later saying, miss you, big guy. Another woman who said that she was raped. Another email. I love you. I always do. I hate feeling like a booty call. With a little winky, smiley face. Another woman texted a friend about the breakup between her and, quote, boyfriend. I guess our relationship started off on a bad foot. You know, da-da-da-da. Are the text messages, emails, and in some cases voicemails of these women months, if not years later, still having a relationship of some sort, still referring to him not as a rapist, not as a predator, but as a a boyfriend, as a date? Does that hurt their case? I think that it can definitely hurt their case. So uh, Weinstein's attorney in a hearing said, what will it be? What we will be able to show is that witnesses who claim Harvey Weinstein sexually assaulted them also bragged about being involved in sexual relationships with him. And they brought this up. During the opening statement, those quotes that you read, and it says, members of the jury, that's not how you talk to a predator. And I think that's very important because you've got the words of these actual accusers. The the victims in this case. That are not, maybe not loving. I mean, some of them are loving somewhat, but Mm -hmm. they are. I love you. I always do. (laughs) Yeah, they're encouraging. And And he allegedly raped you six months prior. So the plaintiffs are going to have to turn around and try to argue, or the state's going to have to try to argue, um, yeah, well, the women didn't really mean that, or that the sexual assault happened after those messages, which you just said one of them, they did not, or maybe the... um, imbalance of power there how he was holding the career their career Mm -hmm, in his mm -hmm. hands and they had to play up to this he sexually assaulted them and they had to act like this in order to not have their career just die on the vine tough arguments i I was gonna say again monica lindstrom in for pamela today and and good to have a a legal analyst in here because i do not want to take the side of harvey weinstein uh uh again I think he's a a scumbag. Mm -hmm. Some of these women, though, their own words are going to undermine their claims because I hear what you're saying. Mm -hmm. If you believe your career is being Mm -hmm. in the balance and you continue to try to have a relationship in some way, shape or form or send loving emails, text messages and voicemails. Can you also claim then he's a sexual predator and he raped you? Like, can those two things exist? Because to they me, can. that's tough. Yeah, they if can. If I'm sitting on the jury, I'm like, uh, yeah, this sounds like after the fact you don't like it. Yeah. Remember how Weinstein is saying that these relationships were all consensual. consensual. These emails and text messages and text uh, or and voicemails, they really kind of put the spotlight on that and say, you know what? These were consensual because Bruce, if if you and I were in this position and I'm sending you these these kinds of messages, yeah. you're thinking, okay, well, she likes it. Maybe she doesn't like a booty call, but you know, but she's we're she's, in a relationship. Well, right. I mean, when you, if you refer to Harvey Weinstein as your boyfriend, uh huh, can you also claim that he raped you? Now, people will say that the. 
intimate violence, which is the sexual assault yes. and the rapes, often happen. I think it's in Arizona, it's like 67% of those happen between uh, partners. Partner, Husband, wife, boyfriend, okay. girlfriend, okay. right? Okay. So you could say this still right. happens in a consensual relationship, but Bruce, this evidence hurts. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it gums it up, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it does. The, it the, the words of the accusers are going to be used against them in yeah, this Yeah, the prosecutor has a tough job. Those are bad facts for the prosecutor. Ouch, bad facts. Bad That's facts. Uh, the senators don't appear to be taking the impeachment trial very seriously. Should we? We'll give you the latest on what's going on, including how your Arizona senators have been behaving slash voting. We'll dig into that next, coming up right here on Arizona's News Station. Arizona's news station, KTAR News on 92.3 FM. Get some perspective. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. We've got Monica Lindstrom in for Pamela Hughes, KTAR Legal Analyst. I was getting my teeth cleaned yesterday. Yeah, at the dentist. Oh, I hate going to the dentist. But, uh, so I'd like to think I'm relatively anonymous, but, and I don't go to the dentist as much as I should. And it was reinforced to me, it was reinforced to me when, when I get in the chair and the lovely lady says, I've been waiting for you to come back in. I thought I did something wrong. It's been a while. Remember the last time you were here? I go, you remember? Okay. Right. How did they remember you? I listen to you every day. Oh my God. Here we go. Oh boy. That's fine. But she asked about you. Aww. And she said, you know, I I like that Monica Lindstrom too. Oh, what a sweetie. And she said, what does she look like? And I said, she's very pretty. And she said, I thought she was. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> How sweet. Fans everywhere, Monica. She doesn't think that much about me. Let's get that straight. She likes you. She likes Pamela. Wait a minute. Did I just get a compliment from Bruce? Take it easy. Nice. Don't expect more. Woo! So we have got the uh, <clears throat> impeachment trial going on. The impeachment hearings were done. We're at impeachment Not trial in the very Senate. pretty. Were you watching? I have been. Really? Yeah. I and? I... Because you know, yesterday we had Barry Markson, and he's mm-hmm. a, he's a trial attorney, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, he was watching too. Yeah. You know, you, you attorneys are drawn to it's this like, like moth to the, a flame. Yes, it's one of the biggest trials. The problem is, Bruce, yeah. it's not a real trial. No, it's not. So this as isn't an OJ. Attorney, this you're isn't looking, this right. isn't Jody Arias. No, you're looking at this and you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm truly offended by this as an attorney, as a citizen, that's different. But as an attorney, there are so many things wrong with this. Yeah. Let's start out with, you know, biased jurors with the Senate. Uh, people aren't even staying in their seats. Nobody cares what's I've, going on. I have a question, and I don't I don't know this to be because I'm trying not to watch it because it's just boring beyond words. Oh, and, no. It's and not I think that it's boring. a foregone conclusion as well. Um, are the Agreed. impeachment mm. managers, are they all attorneys? I, Do you I see don't what I mean? know. Yeah. I, I, I mean, because that they would be different be. also if they don't have to be. Because this it, isn't a real trial. Right. And I was like, well, are these people even, have they ever tried a case? Are they, uh, you see what I'm saying? Like, I was wondering along those lines. But, you know, the senators and reps get up there at their various meetings, and I think, God, how long have they been in this position? Because they right. don't even seem to know their own rules. No, no. And, and we're finding out that uh, one of my arguments was, and I made it earlier this week, that this... The rules of this trial, we're using finger quotes. Yes. Are, quotes. are specific 
to make it boring and unwatchable, <laughs> except to attorneys like you and Barry Markson. <laughs> um, the single camera focused only on the speaker, and you don't know what's going on behind you don't. them. Mm -mm. But we're starting to find out a little bit about what's going on. The things you don't see, unlike the House hearing where multiple cameras and, mm -hmm. and they would say something and they they do a, a shot of how somebody else reacted to yes. it or you, you know they, yes. they produce the tv show for lack of better yeah, that's terms true. that's true this one we have no idea what's going on but there are people in the senate chambers including one is a uh, he's, he's a sketch artist you know you, you've seen like the like in a court where they don't allow yeah. cameras he does yeah. little charcoal thingies uh-huh and he let us know a little bit about what's going on behind the scenes. He's on with Anderson Cooper. Initially, they were in their seats. I mean, pretty much uh, every single one uh, in their appropriate location. But as the presentation has taken place, uh, they started milling about. By the end of yesterday, I noticed particularly at the end of uh, Congressman Schiff's presentation, there were a lot of empty seats. And some were standing, just standing behind their seats uh, or wandering about. And then it seemed that a lot of them kind of wandered out. He's talking about the senators, the jurors of this impeachment trial. They got up milling about, standing up, which I can understand because the oral argument, uh, the openings took forever. I mean, they don't shut up. They just keep talking and talking and talking, which I understand. But I would have to at least stand up too. maybe walk around a little bit to get the blood flowing in my muscles. I get that. But it makes it sound like they're just not even paying attention. Of course they're not. You know, I saw something interesting from Justin Amash, uh, who left the Republican Party. I guess he's still a Republican. I don't know what you would call him. Uh, and he said, I thought it was interesting. He said, based on the conversations I had with my Republican counterparts in the House, okay. my guess is most Republican senators are hearing this for the first time. Hmm. But and they're they not even hearing attention. it. But they aren't paying attention because it doesn't matter. They have, no, they have no intention of being unbiased. They've already made up their minds, and they're just like, get to the point and we can vote 5347, which is what the vote's going to be. And if there's anybody out there that thinks that this is not going to go down party lines, let's look at what's already occurred during this quote, trial, end quote. Lots of amendments have come up. Lots yeah. of motions have come up. And every single one of them so far have been split right down party lines, the 53-47. Yeah. Including our own senators here in Arizona. Yeah. Cinema voting in the 47. McSally voting in the 53 party line votes. Yep. If anybody thought this was going to be uh, uh, fair or impartial. Here's one of the odd things. When you take a look at Public opinion polls are pretty split, pretty split on should Trump be removed from office? Because mm -hmm. he's already been impeached. So we don't even need to talk about that. Already, anymore. He, he will always be impeached. Yep. Always. Um, should he be removed from office? Pretty split. And, and narrow margins either direction. You can look at whatever poll you mm -hmm. want to believe. Mm -hmm. But it's pretty, we can acknowledge that. But when you ask people, do you think there should be witnesses or evidence? The numbers go in the 60 and 70 percent range. That there should be. Yes. Because that's what American citizens believe a trial should so be. So even if you don't think he should be removed from office, obviously many of those people also believe there should be some evidence and witnesses. The senators, though, don't want it because, again, they already know how they're going to vote. And so it's a waste of time. And they don't think you're going to hold them accountable. They think when you when you go to vote for your senator in two, four, or six years, you'll forget and you don't care. That something else will come up and you'll forget how they 
They want to go back to not working hard. They don't do anything to to begin with. Well, they clearly don't have to be there all the time. They're not even in their seats. I love it when they talk about, you know, we're wasting time and money. We should be doing the work of the people. What other work have you guys been doing? Quick, go back and look at all the bills they've passed. It won't take long to read through it. Gracious. They don't do anything to begin with. Unsurprisingly. A Texas teenager says he can't graduate. He can't walk for graduation unless he cuts his hair. Are we still having this debate? We're talking about it next on Arizona's News Station. Arizona's News Station. KTAR News on 92.3 FM. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. Monica, thank you so much for being in here today. She is KTAR legal analyst Monica Lindstrom. So happy to have you with us. And mommy. And mom. And that's, I mean, this next story, I think it matters. Well, here's why I bring it up. And and, and count me as one that I kind of thought we were over this. We have a, a Texas school district that has suspended a student, not for bad grades, not for talking back to the teacher, Mm-mm. not for pull your pants up. <laughs> they have suspended the student and told him that he cannot walk at graduation this spring unless he cuts his hair. The Barbers Hill School District told DeAndre Arnold that his long dreadlocks violate its dress code. DeAndre is being forced to either cut his hair or face an in-school suspension. So I got a couple things with this. Number one, I've known people with dreadlocks. All right. Do you mm-hmm. think most people know what dreadlocks are? I think most. People, I, I right? think most do. Yeah. It's not like they grow overnight. And it's not like you can like hair extensions where you can just kind of stick them on one day. But my point being is, if their argument is that his dreadlocks are too long, did they just one day become too long? Well, we know that's not true, right? That's a good point. It's been growing. So you wonder, have they said anything? Have they been measuring it every day going, (laughs) tell you what, you're about three millimeters away from getting kicked out of school, bucko. So DeAndre Arnold, he's the student that has the dreadlocks. Here's what he says. At least once a week, for sure. I'm getting called to the office about my hair every week. I can count on it. So every week he gets called into the office, according to him, and they say something to him about his dreadlocks. They haven't suspended him yet. No. But now they're waiting until graduation. Like, ha ha. They're going to hold that over his head. That's right. Ha ha. We finally got you. We couldn't kick you out of school, but we can stop you from graduating. Again, I thought we were past this. And I do not understand because, listen, Dreadlocks, uh, let's just say hairstyles. Some hairstyles are culturally sensitive. Uh They mean certain things. Mm -hmm. Okay. And what is the argument? How does DeAndre's hair affect his ability to learn? And or those around him is the argument. DeAndre's dreadlocks are so distracting that the other kids in math class 
can't learn. Well, that's not too far-fetched. Really? Because I was sitting here before we started, and I looked up Tucson's, or no, I looked up Chandler Public Schools, Dress Code, Flagstaff, Phoenix, and Dysart. And none of them say anything about hair except for one, and that's okay. Flagstaff. And it says, if there's any accessories, hair, clothes, jewelry, that is a distraction or a safety danger. Well, obviously, hair is not going to be a safety danger. Well, I was gonna, okay, so how do you help me with a safety your hair is what it's it's flammable i don't understand you're maybe it's if so your hair long, is you're gonna so long. trip over it in the right. hallway right now remember it's in a list with jewelry and clothes and accessories oh, for the love of god now the distraction if it's causing students to be distracted because maybe you've got a you know spiked out a foot or something they can't see around you or someone's laughing and stuff. Okay, maybe it's a distraction. But nowhere in any of those dress codes, public schools, and by the way, this is this a, is public, a public school. school. Right. This isn't Texas. like a uh, okay. They don't say anything about length of hair. And they don't say anything about dreadlocks. Now, the superintendent of the school in Texas said the decision is not about dreadlocks or race, which means it's about dreadlocks or race, just about the length of the teen's hair. There is no dress code policy that prohibits any cornrow or any other method of wearing the hair. Our policy limits the length. It's been that way for 30 years. Does their policy limit length for women's hair? Uh, Probably not. I don't know that, but probably not. But you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Or do they make girls cut their hair if their hair is too long? I wouldn't go. Does to everybody that have to have a, a, a bob or whatever? You, you see what I'm saying? It, the focus on this, and it obviously is about race. It obviously is. Although white people have dreads too. They, you're right. They it's can. Not, you know, they the the school. Anybody should, the can parents, have dreadlocks. It just requires not washing your hair for a long time, right? Isn't that what it is? You got to put some goop in. Yeah, it, yeah. I think. And, I don't, um, don't don't quote me on how you get dreadlocks. Obviously, I haven't had I, them. I don't know if you. I mean, some claim dreadlocks are clean. They wash them with shampoo. They squish them. But anyway, we get off topic. You know, they try. The parents are trying to say <clears throat> this is a white versus black thing. White people have dreads too. Fair. Yeah, I, 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 just, I think it's a I fail, stupid thing. I, I think it's, I think they're doing themselves a disservice by basically denying this young man an education because of a hairstyle. I, I mean, come on, really? Really? That's where we're at. Uh, I, it's 2020, people. Yeah, it's not the 1950s. It is Texas. Still, mm. still. Mm. If he carried a gun with him, would he be okay? Perfectly okay. You know, that's all right. Yeah. The gun would be fun. Cowboy hat. What if he had a cowboy hat on his dress? Wouldn't say a word. What is the coronavirus? Can you get it from drinking Corona beer? And how do you protect yourself from it? Again, Monica Lindstrom, the mom in the room, very concerned about it. We're going to dig into it and give you the latest. Coming up next on Arizona's News Station.